Well, 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 welcome back to another episode of The Southern Gen. I am so excited that you all are enjoying the episodes. This brings so much joy to me and lets me know that what I'm doing is actually helping people because I know for damn sure it's been helping me. So this week's episode is another near and dear one to my heart because my guest Brian is someone that I've known since, oh my gosh, way back in the day, since the 2000s were in single digits, okay? So he has seen every iteration of who Eddie has transformed into and every piece of who I have become. And we've just been such awesome friends for all of these years. And this episode, we talk about that. We talk about checking in with your friends. We talk about having empathy, also being passionate about the things that we do and a little tea. There's not an episode that Brian does not come on where there's a little tea. Now, <laughs> brace yourselves and prepare for another awesome episode of The Southern Gent. Thank you, and I love ya. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up out there? This is your boy, Eddie, and I am bringing you another episode of The Southern Gent. And I'm so excited to have my next guest come before you all. I am pretty sure that Brian's been on at least three times. So this is a recurring guest that always gets some type of questions asked, like, when are they coming back on? And I'm like, okay, no, no, just shut out. You want to join me? But <laughs> Brian is absolutely one of my favorite people in the world. He's known almost every iteration of Eddie there has been. So we go back many, many years. He's an author, a friend, plenty of titles. I'm not going to name his OnlyFans name, but hey, he'll let you know the link. <laughs> Brian, welcome again. Um, OnlyFans? Well, hey, you, you know. Definitely, you got to promote that link because that's how I'm getting my coin. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it the phoenix <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so what's up brian well, i'm so happy who you are listen i'm so happy to be back this is our third time this is our charm yes so i'm charm. really excited about that but like you said i'm my name is brian banks um i am not the person the brian banks that was featured in that movie a while back <laughs> Um, although right. I received enough emails and text messages about it to where you thought I was because okay. people said, oh my God, it's Brian Banks. I'm like, girl, that's not me. Okay, get that money though. But I am the um, New York Times best-selling author of, <laughs> in my mind, of a, um, a little, an, an old book called Three the Hard Way. It came out in 2008. And funny story about my book, I'm, um, he's going to love this. I'm entertaining this guy. And so in an effort to be open or, you know, whatever, I told him to read my book. Mm -hmm. So um, he already has a shit ton of questions because uh -huh. he, he knows who I am. And now I have to go back and read the book myself, child. Ooh, child, you got to <laughs> remind yourself. <laughs> Because I couldn't tell you half of what happened. Because it's been a while since I've read it. So Yeah, I actually have not read it since, like, the first time you sent it to me. Oh. Oh, that was, like, it had to be 0708. Because it was before it came out. And I was like, oh, my God. A long time ago. I know. That's back when I was in love, child. Listen, we both probably were. Oh, I, I was, I was, I was, I was. I remember it now. Ugh, it was a horrible relationship, but he had a real big dick. Uh, no, I'm talking about I was in love with you back when I was... Uh, oh, in love with me. Fangirl, <laughs> yes. That's how we started off knowing each other, because I was like, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> and then I was like, this girl gonna make me choke her every time of the wife. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad what you over there talking about. But, you know, at that time, I was, like, really into, um, I'm not going to say that. I'll tell you, save that for the after show. <laughs> <laughs> so, in your OnlyFans name, I mentioned the Phoenix. And I, it is not his OnlyFans name. I couldn't tell you because we do keep our separate and secret. 
That's how we can make our money. Okay. <laughs> so I mentioned the Phoenix and many, many years you've gone through a couple of, you know, name changes, I guess, in my head, but you have also <laughs> named yourself Phoenix Banks a couple of times. Yes. Can you tell me what does the Phoenix mean to you? Well, the funny backstory on that is I used to work at Alltel. Shout out to any Alltel call center alumni. <laughs> I used to work at Alltel and I was on a team with another Brian. And of mm. course, me being dramatic and me having watched Days of Our Lives and knew who Stefano Demira was and how he was called the Phoenix said, just call me Phoenix to okay. differentiate between the two. And it's kind of just stuck. So like a lot of, like uh, it's, it's funny when a few of my friends will actually call me Phoenix because it's only a handful that do. And so it's always real fucking funny when they do because it comes out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, you remember, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I think it was because, like, my Phoenix story, because that was going to be my non-binary name. Mm-hmm. But I ended up going with Nova, which actually fluctuates. So maybe Phoenix is one of the different personalities that I come through. But they're all Eddie, of course. But sometimes certain wigs give me certain lies. But I for me, the Nova. <laughs> yes, Nova is one of my favorites. So when I think about the Phoenix, I think about... Um, of course, the ashes rising from the yes. ashes. Yeah, but I think about the flaming beauty that a lot of them come into because when I think of fire, I think of vibrant, bright, and by no means am I sociopath. I like playing with flame, <laughs> <laughs> but I think about the heat and the intensity of that fire. And so, people have always told me that I exude a light and energy or something. And I see lights on people, an aura. And so when I think about my light, I think about how I did arise from some of the darkest places even recently and still came out like thriving and how I'm still continuing to inspire people, but always being inspired as well. So the flame thinks, I mean, with the flame of the Phoenix is where I got that from. I love it. Like a moth to a flame. Burned by the fire. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the Phoenix represents all of that, though. You know, just rebirth and, and beauty and beauty from the ashes, you know, from yeah. being just stripped the fuck down and just torn down into a rise in this magnificent, beautiful, powerful way. Yeah. That's what, that's what you know, that's, that, your strength is in that. You know, we all, mm -hmm. go through, we all go through some shit and we, you know, coming out on the other side is always our Phoenix moment because, you know, if you're going to go through it, you may as well come out beautiful, flaming mm. and larger than life, you know? Okay. So you have to do that. <laughs> that is definitely me because I think that's why people always think that I'm like some kind of public figure. And to me, I'm not. So when I go to like the doctor, even they're like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I work in HIV. And they're like, you don't do nothing? In no, I'm not an entertainer, <laughs> a content creator. <laughs> but wait, not so, wait, so you're not NeNe Leaks? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, that's who I thought I was talking to. You get NeNe Leaks, Tina Turner, you never know with me, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm actually getting another Tina Turner wig, May. Listen, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> And I got some things we also have to discuss later, too. But one of the things that we had on our list of topics is one of my, I won't say favorite topics, but recently it has been a high priority, not high priority, Lord, uh, a consistent thing in my life. So uh -oh. Uh -oh. dangerous, man. And so I really, it's not. I don't like them, don't get me wrong, but everybody loves trade or all of this stuff. Been there, done that, don't want to do it no more. Yeah. So when I think about the dangerous trade man, I think about these men that have come into my life that have fallen and infatuated into who Nova or Eddie or whoever I am is. Mm -hmm. And I think I confuse people and I just be like, whatever, I don't want to go there. You may love me, but I don't love you like that, nigga. So right. <laughs> what has been your experience with the dangerous trade man? Well, you know, 
I'm I'm happy that we call it dangerous straight men because it's kind of cut from the same cloth as like single white female. Mm. You know, straight men are 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 problematic more than they really should be. And in my experiences with them, it's always been the relationships were always kind of birthed on some type of suspect level. Mm-hmm. And they just grew into some type of friendship. But one thing that never paid out, that never paid off any, you know, it never had a payoff. Mm-hmm. But straight men know how to work the room. Ooh. They know how to hustle. And they have come and gone from my life many times. Okay. While giving as good as they got, but really giving nothing in the end because they they want they there's something that they need. I feel like a lot of my, the ones that I've entertained and tell me if I'm wrong or, or or if you've experienced this too, they're lacking something that they're not getting at home or in at work. There's something that you are going to some type of void that you are going to feel for them. And I can tell you this, bitch: the moment <laughs> that they fucking feel it, they don't know who you are. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that, yeah. that's what makes them so dangerous and, 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 you know, and, and deadly, but not really, but dangerous for sure, because they, they make you fall in love with them and then say, fuck you. Mm-hmm. I think that they get a lot to. of confusion, just like you said, from what it is that they're lacking in their lives. Right. And my experience has been mostly, um, either like a uh, something from their ex of like a nurturing thing. But I even think if you go beyond that, that's like a childhood thing. And so I don't know, child, if they was looking for a mama, a daddy, a big brother, big sister, whatever it is, but they needed something. And for me, that's been the most common thing of like, I'm a nurturer by nature. Yes. So for me, it's easier to... Uh, be that person to rely on. And a lot of times I wear that on my forehead. My grandma used to say, what you wearing on your forehead? I literally have that nurture, I think, is one of my labels on my damn forehead. Yeah. I, I, I get it. 100%. Because, you know, you're a nurturer by nature. I'm a nurturer. But we're both naughty by nature, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, we, we both have this this desire to really help people to to read between the lines to be in can be to be compassionate to be empathetic mm-hmm. i mean the, the times that you've reached out to me just because you saw a crazy tweet that i may have tweeted you know just to check and see how i was doing like we're both kind of cut from that cloth mm-hmm. and they see that mm-hmm. and i'm happy you mentioned childhood because i think a lot of these straight men gravitate toward gay men mm-hmm. for friendships validation more yeah. than anything and I think that's really prompted by, again, something they're not getting at home. But also, I think that we're ta- we're still taboo. Yes. A lot of, a lot of them r- weren't raised to embrace us in any mm. capacity. Right. So we're fulfilling some freak shit for them, probably. You know? Exactly. Once that's yeah. been accomplished, it's, 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 you know, it's Billy's Hollywood screen kiss all over again. Ooh. You got to watch that movie, bitch. It's the ultimate white <laughs> of <laughs> of trade and and the whole journey with trade it's 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 legit if you ever get a chance to watch it check it out it has sean hayes, will and grace is what it has sean hayes um who is that jack from will and grace uh-huh. he plays um billy okay so he deals with the trade exactly because i was gonna say he i know he ain't the trade okay Baby. <laughs> the, tr- <laughs> the trish <laughs> <laughs> So another thing that we do have in common is actively working within our careers. So one of the other topics that we had on the pre-production list is career me, career me not. Mm, I love that. Yes. Well, you came up with this. So I love it too. That's why I brought it up and kept it on the list. (laughs) That's cute. Yes. So for me, I really wanted to ask you about this because in there you talked about job moves. So give me a little bit about what does that like resonate with you? Well, you know, over the last couple of months, I have been 
in a, in, in a job a, a job bingo game. It seems like. Okay, what is that? Because I've swapped, I've switched jobs twice in the last four months, four to five, no, four, in the last five months. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Eddie? At the end of the day, no one has to work within a job for years and years and years when they know that it's not a fit for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm very lucky that I'm at that point now. Yeah. Where I can just, where, I, where I've had the option, at least, you know, to be able to say, okay, this is not for me. Maybe this is. Mm-hmm. You know, we work so fucking hard throughout our entire lives. Why does work have to really be miserable for us? Yes, exactly. It shouldn't be, right? You know? Right. It should not be miserable. Exactly. And I think that I'm living proof of if it ain't right, I gotta go. Right. Because I was counting my <laughs> different jobs that I've had within my career. And I started officially in 2006, my first gig gig. Okay. Ooh, in Chalice 2021. So now I've had some very traumatic experiences. And actually one of my jobs, I was diagnosed with PTSD. And so at wow. that point, it started to affect my physical health. Yeah. And that's why I got back into therapy. And that's when I found that I was diagnosed with PTSD. And that um, I had to have an emergency surgery, actually. So that came from stress and then those effects of stress. So you stress eat. And for me, I was not eating properly. So I was eating like processed food because I'm going all throughout the day. Sometimes I won't eat until like six o'clock that evening. And I may have had a breakfast bar that morning. So that was taking a toll on me, too. So I ended up leaving that job because of a lot of stress and being miserable Ended up leaving in another job, and <laughs> it was just like, well, whoa, what's going on? And for me, it was because there may have been, you know, a good point, honeymoon phase. We all go through it. Right, but right. at some point, I find out that it's not the actual right fit for me, and I have no fear in <laughs> leaving a job because my patience, my peace, my mental health matters more than the salary because at that point, Actually, we're going into a partnership. And so I'm at that place now in my career of you're probably going to get more from me as your employee that I'll get from you as my employer. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm at that place of we're collaborating in this thing. Yeah, you may help um, with my insurance. You may pay my salary and all these other things, but I still put in on my insurance more than what you do. Right. So let's think about this in a different way. When I talk to people about changing jobs, I'm like, don't be afraid if you have that support in order to leave the job. It may be high top dollar, but baby, ain't no dollar worth your sanity. I agree 100 percent. And I'm really glad that you put it like that. You That you're putting it like that and that you are essentially on the same page because. No one should be working in positions that they hate. Yes. Because, you know, get because that that's a huge part of your life. You know, that's a huge part of your day, of your week, of your month is, you know, a fucking nine to five. Exactly. And so to be miserable during that time, you're not you're not helping yourself. Mm-mm. You know, so if you if you're in, if you're listening to this and you're in a job and you have and you hate it, you hate every day of the week except payday then you might want to really consider looking at what your passion is or at least trying to find it because it's not where you are. You know, exactly. you really hate it. Exactly. It's not. And so, like, you know, that's, you know, you know, we, we grew up from a time where people will always say, you know, you don't want to have too much on your resume. You don't want to show mm-hmm. this. But guess what? If you can sit in front of somebody in HR and speak to what motivated you to do what you did, you're good to go. Exactly. If you just quit a job because your ex worked there, I mean, you still got to know how to clean that shit up, too. Mm-hmm. It's about being able to speak to it, you know? Exactly. And I think being able to, like you said, explain it. And so for me, I'm very communicative about that. Because if at any given moment during the interview process, that's one of the questions I'm going to ask, is about your care for your employees, your um capacity to provide like you know not always mental health days but at least 
when I have a therapy appointment, like count that towards my sick time and all yeah. these other things to give me liberty to take care of my mental health. And so at that point, if my employer or the person I'm applying or interviewing with does not respect work-life balance or mental health or any of these things that are really important to my, for one, to my job, health, if I'm upset or miserable in my job, I may not provide the best customer service. I may not work well with my clients, my coworkers, whatever it is. Right. So at that point, you're wasting dollars by not investing in mental health and investing in self-care and all these other things. I agree. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Nobody had, we we're at a point now where we don't have to choose misery. We do not have to choose misery. You know, mm. and then nobody, nobody, I'm just saying like, it's, it's, it's so time to, it's time to be happy professionally yes. because we work, you know, the way that our situation, the way that the, the, employment construct is set up in the u.s you work until you're old as fuck yeah and then you retire exactly and you know a lot of people when they retire they want to buy the boat Mm -hmm. and a lot of folks die before they get the boat okay i want an island so i told myself i'm not gonna die before i have to retire and not get my boat okay i mean my island because i want me an island but listen if you if you've worked in a job or an industry that you love, mm-hmm. then retirement should be a breeze. You you, you probably wouldn't want to retire if you really enjoy what you did because you've lived your life. You, you're, you're living a happy life leading up to that, you know? Yeah. So and why- I'm actually going to discuss that soon because when I think about the current status of where I'm at, I always dreamed that I would have worked myself into the unemployment line because working in HIV that has been something I've always just hoped for and to really get rid of the new diagnosis and to get people to reach a viral suppression and not have any new cases and so at the time I was a tester so I was only limited to you know getting new cases I didn't really know too much but now I know more but back then I really thought that I was not going to be able to test people because there will be no more new diagnosis and now shit what 15 years later here i'm working again working still and it's really learning your purpose and so right now i'm working in my purpose to lead to that next step so i don't know where it is it may be in hiv it may be in this tiktok stuff that i'm doing it may be in the podcast i don't know i'm just doing the work to to really work in my purpose and right. so that's what I'm always preaching to people of finding your passion, leading with purpose and actually having almost a blind faith in whatever you believe in. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. And I'm happy that you're doing what you do because you connect with so many people in so many different ways. You know, I, I, I would love to swap places with you and, and be happy in, in what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think that's really great. I'm learning. I'm learning. Woo. And another thing <laughs> that I'm learning. Mm. Ooh, wait. One thing that I'm learning about myself is to one of these episodes, I'm actually going to formulate into <laughs> self-reflections. And so I've always been sex positive, right? You know, right. always talking about those things, but I have not gotten gotten too much into my kink. So Ooh. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know where you were going with that, but I'm happy that we are here. Yes. So I actually would love to discuss it more. Um I'll be talking with Wolf Pup Saturn soon, who is one of my favorite people also. But I really wanted people to kind of understand that we gotta change the language. So being a whore used to be frowned upon. And so I've taken power into that. Shout out to Amber Rose for the slut walks and stuff because being a whore is not the worst thing in the world. But there are some things that (laughs) makes being a whore into an American whore, Russell. Mm. (laughs) Come on, transition. Come on, transition. (laughs) Within our topics, we also talked about the American whore, Story. Give I me more, it. Brian. Give me more. 
you know what I feel like I feel like the empowerment of sex and sexual realization that's a power that's really unmatched within I, I love to see people who are sex positive and who really really allow themselves to feel mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying there's a lot of shit out here that you can do sexually there's a lot that gets us off and I appreciate the horror stories because I feel like, I mean because listen own your shit own okay. your sexuality own your sexual encounters have fun right do what you do with consent right right do what you do and enjoy yourself listen one of my horror stories this is better than anything that Ryan Murphy could write. Mm, I uh, feel like we need some eerie music. <laughs> <laughs> well, some some eerie porn music. Ah, uh, so I've been, <laughs> Oh, and I want to point this out too. I've turned forty since our last podcast. Oh, yeah. So now things. I'm sorry. Forty-one. My birthday was last Monday. On the <laughs> so I know a little bit now. Okay. But um I have I've entertained the glory hole guy. Oh. Now bitch, I'm telling some tea. <laughs> okay, look, 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 look. No, we do not kink shame or slut shame or any I of love that. kink shame. I love kink shame. <laughs> but so listen. people, if you're listening, this is a safe space. If you want to come in and talk about whatever, talk about it. So let's reveal some more tea, Brian, because I'm my I'm all ears. Okay, well, there's this guy that I met. On, I'll just say an app. Okay. Nobody needs to know the real details. No endorsements <laughs> either. Right. Okay. <laughs> so on an app, and um, he was, you know, selling himself as quote unquote straight. He was in his early twenties, and he wanted to do something anonymously. He wanted to get, you know, some oral oral action anonymously mm-hmm. via a glory hole. Mm. And so, I. F- after months and months of him asking me, I finally said yes. And we started to do that. Well, I've never seen his face. Mm-hmm. He always wears a ski mask mm-hmm. when he comes over. And there's always a sheet still, too. But I make it a comfortable sheet. Like, he gets to sit down. The sheet's hanging. He gets to pull the sheet over his meat. And I get to go to buffet. Okay. But, um... Recently, not too recent, but a while, like probably about mm, three months ago, mm-hmm. I finally saw his face, bitch. Oh, goodness. I'm, I'm nervous. And it was everything that I'd hoped for. He was oh, okay. really attractive. And I think that the way things are going, this is a real horror story because he's going to end up killing me or some shit. But um, not on wood, <laughs> right? Because not his wood, and he said, <laughs> and he said it on the podcast too. Okay, um, <laughs> this will not breaking be news, idea, bitch. But um, he's. I think he's becoming a lot more comfortable. Okay, with it all, and I'm pretty sure that the um, the sheet's gonna come down. So that's my glory. Oh, do you have oh. anything that um? that your listeners would like to know about you that, you know, without revealing, you know, any names or anything, but... You know, I actually do. <laughs> so, I have not normally been a fan of um, car sex. Yeah. And so there's been a few instances of sunroof action, you know, Riding dick through the sunroof, getting rolled through the sunroof, you know, different things. Oh. So I've just been very intrigued and satisfied, mm. you know, in that. And I've never been a public play gal, so I'm not trying to be out here getting no um, sex offender charges. And then, <laughs> okay, because you know what? One thing about the, the Twitter that I, some of the porn that I see, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, outdoor shit, is, you know, honestly, and I like a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. to me, that's so in certain places (laughs) right like in certain places yeah like i mean like i'm I'm talking about more like the videos of people who are jerking off in like some the bathroom not in the bathroom on the aisle of a kroger ah 
that's terrible. I see that all the time. That kind of stuff where somebody could walk up at any time. To me, that's a little bit much. It is. You and know, that yeah. is something maybe are we king shaming? I don't I don't know, but I, it's not for me. Right. Thank you. It's, we're not going to shame it, but it's it's not for me. I okay. used to say that a lot when people would, uh, when I would talk about people being attractive or not. Mm-hmm. I I'd never call anybody ugly cuz you know, everybody look everybody look like something to somebody. And so I've always just said that person's not for me, you know. <laughs> well, you know, we we talk about it. You know, we be like, ugh. But, you know, that's for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't get into a lot of those types of things of doing it by the dumpster or sometimes I don't even like doing it on the flow, depending on what's in there. Now, you know, if you got a nice king-size bed, you know, do it all up for me. You know, we just may have made our way to the flow. But if the flow is all you got, then I'm just like, I ain't doing that no more, okay? I'm a little exactly. bit older. And listen, <laughs> I'm a, I'll tell you this, though. The bathroom scenes of, like, guys jerking off or ju- guys sucking each other off in the bathrooms and stuff, like, that's that. Now, I, now I can get into that because that's uh-huh. it's closed off, you know, and usually in those places, it's it's restricted to a stall or if it's one of those, you know, known cruising places then at least, you know, the clientele that goes there is usually looking for that kind of action. So I don't have to worry about anything, you know, any kids or shit walking in or whatever. Or just, I'm about to, no, the stench of those bathrooms just make me want to hurl. I don't, yeah, if you even send me a pic, a dick pic, <laughs> ass pic or whatever, and you're sitting on the toilet, I think that is very <laughs> disgusting. I don't like having sex in the bathroom. I barely like it in the shower. <laughs> But please no, because I smell a public bathroom. <laughs> you said you and listen. A lot of pictures of people sitting on toilets. It is. <laughs> I don't care if you ain't used it or not. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you do what you have to do. In well, the only somebody with some nice meat can send a picture from a fucking toilet. I'll just... <laughs> Now I still don't want it. What you're Unless, I do have a thing for Pete, but we're gonna move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if, I, if you were here, I I clink your glass. <laughs> <laughs> clink, clink, clink. So we did talk about the you know not so attractive looking people. Yeah. But one of the things that really gets me is because, like you said, there are attractive people to us, and then there's somebody who's attractive to somebody else that may not be to us. But a lot of folks have these insecurities. And for one, there's a lot of filters. I still believe that filters are a part of this topic as well. But to me, a lot of folks do the catfishing thing still. And it's gotten really old to me because I'm like, we're in 2021. Why are you using someone else's picture? Unless, you know, you're trying to get some tea or whatever. But I don't even like that. You're stealing someone's identity. Yeah. Now, if it's your boyfriend, that's on you. I've done it before, but I ain't going to do it now. That's, it's a new me, okay? If you're out there, I'm sorry for when it, when I made a profile just to see what you was doing with these niggas. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really um, unfortunate that people feel like they have to go and do that. So I, uh, I want you to talk to me about the fish fry and how does that correlate with fishing wait you want me to do what talk to me about the fish fry. oh the, the fish fry i didn't have, okay my bad you, that well, was my having, fake british accent i was watching bridgerton okay well we're having um fish baked beans coleslaw some cash some um hush puppies some french fries and in some places we'll have a little spaghetti <laughs> can we have some um jordan almonds <laughs> oh my god no <laughs> But no, I, I I want to talk. I wanted to talk about the fish fry in the catfishing sense because catfish is the best fish if you're gonna go to a country fish fry. But also, I saved a friend from a catfishing situation about three weeks ago. Hmm. He was in. He had been talking to this guy. They were in love. Like he was in love with this man, and they had been talking for probably a month at this point. And something about it wasn't right. They were talking about marriage. They hadn't even fucking met Eddie. They, oh, he they my friend lived in Alpharetta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and the other guy lived in Miami, Florida. So, y'all Not too far, right? But y'all haven't even met, and y'all are talking about marriage and engagement rings. 
And my friend, God bless his Rose Nyland soul, oh, Lord, really thought that this man was really interested in marrying him. And so to me, you know, I'm I'm like, bitch, I'm happy for you, but <laughs> let's be real. Right. Do we know this man is real? And so he sent me the guy, the guy's picture and I did a reverse lookup. No tea. I couldn't find anything. I said, okay, well, we know the we know the pictures are correct, prop because they FaceTimed and all that kind of stuff. So he knew what he looked like. Mm-hmm. And then he was coming to town, bitch. So the guy was due to come to town to visit my friend. Mm-hmm. Well, two days before he's due to come to town, he's in some horrific car accident. He might lose oh, yeah. his leg. He's in the hospital. And he sent my friend a picture from the hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened, bitch? When I was, when my friend texted me the picture to look at it, because he told me what happened or whatever. When I clicked on the picture, it would not zoom in. Wait a minute. Okay, in a text message, it would not let me zoom in on the picture. And I said, bitch, something ain't right. Right. And I tried that reverse look up again, and bitch, he had taken his face. And put it on somebody else in the hospital bed, bitch. Now, wait a damn minute. Yes. I just said to myself, something's not right with this picture. And it's mighty convenient that days before he's due to come to town, something like this happens. Exactly. So what was the ending situation of this? Have they talked? I told my friend, I said, listen, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you this. But um, that picture's fake. And I sent him all the receipts. And it wasn't to be like a poo-poo on your relationship thing, but like, uh-huh. girl, this is he's catfishing you. Yeah, you friends know? do that. I like investigative friends. You know, and, and guess what? If nothing had come up, it, I would have never said anything. Okay. You know? But he never talked to the guy again. He, he, well, he, well, he confronted the guy about it via text, and the guy just stopped responding. And all mm-hmm. I said was, how much money did you send him? Ah! That's what. And That's said, what I was gonna ask. He said only $125, which you know is still too much to me. Okay. A dollar is too much. Okay. But at least it wasn't anything significant because that's what he was going to do, Eddie, with the fucking whole car accident bullshit. Was try to see how much all of a sudden something was gonna need to be done and he didn't have insurance and they exactly. weren't gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? Whew. That has been um Something that I've seen not only on TV but have also experienced. But oh. for me, it only took one time for me to send somebody some money, and <laughs> it, it yeah, it went sour. After that, it, it, your grandma could have been on broke her neck and need a neck brace. How much you seeing, friend? The phone number to the um, medical place to sell them. No, how much money you send them? Oh, how much money I sent the guy before? Yeah. The most I've ever seen was like probably around that. I think it was like one twenty-five to one fifty in total. Okay. Yeah, I you know there's been some niggas I've been with that you know messed up the credit and stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> never like catfished you know that much money because I'm like baby no. So now I don't even send niggas I date. Like if you ask me for some money, you have to be very far along in our dating. It can't be like no first three, four months, right? unless there's been, you know, some type of mutual, like, thing, you know, you help me out, I help you out, but you gotta help me out first, but it's been niggas that have asked me money, like, within the first couple of weeks, and I'm like, that should be a red flag, it was totally a red flag, and I was all infatuated, even recently, a couple of times, I was like, "Eh, sorry, I'm out of here, what (laughs) Maxine say, I've said what I had to say, I'm out, yeah, (laughs) Listen, if, if you're listening and something this is the this is the real philosophy that I I think I think just you know that people should adopt. If it seems too good to be true on an app, it probably is. And if especially if they ask for money mm-hmm. in any capacity, girl, run. It's always a sob story and always something to where like I feel like I don't get to say my part if right. I say how how you know how bad my day was or anything it's very like oh you know okay or it's gonna get better and then boom now we got to talk about your story your life your woes and i'm like ah red flag i'm out of there too (laughs) (laughs) 
people still do it. Like if you go to a fuck, if you go to, if I go to Grinder or any other, you know, app or whatever, not you know, I, I don't say it in that child. <laughs> out there. Okay. Um, Find them. <laughs> and and you have a and you have a, a a dusty blurry picture from a razor phone. <laughs> That's a red flag, everybody. Yes, we because do not have razors. No, nobody should have a high. No one should not have a high definition recent picture. And even androids take good pictures <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Maybe they're gonna make you look like you're wearing a ton of makeup, but they go they'll get you right. a ton of makeup and you know looking all pixelated. But hey, that's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the cartoons, go for it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna phone shame because hey, I guess we can do FaceTime with them now. But hey, that's another story for another day. Welcome to the ghetto. <laughs> there goes the name. Sorry, Android users. I'm not. Um, yes, I am because people think I'd be really serious when I shave the Androids. I just think it's really easy to do because I don't care what kind of phone you have, <laughs> as long as you have Facebook, Instagram. Or some way to video chat me, it works. But if it's too blurry, I don't want to see you. So that's why I do Facebook because that's you know within the app. I'm not easier to see. I'm not FaceTiming anybody. Oh gosh, I'm not holding Eddie. I'm not holding this fucking phone. I have my ring light and stuff. I'm I'm for real because you know I I I like FaceTime. I need that then because I don't have that set up. I need a fucking ring light over here. That's the only oh, thing I'm over They got the little tripod stands that hold your phone. I'll send you the links on um one of them sites. I'm gonna need to be. You... I, I need to be gifted that before I get that shit. Oh child, I will get it for you my next paycheck. Okay. No, do not. <laughs> I'll get it. <laughs> so uh, since we're talking about just things, and we also have the topic of a hot cocoa fall, since we're coming up in sweater weather. Sweater weather. Yes. I love that. So since it's here, let's talk about some of our favorite things and our favorite tricks, favorite places to go, favorite activities. Let's see. What's your top three? It doesn't have to be either one of those categories, but top three of whatever. You know what? I just want I just love to go home to the country. Ooh. Or to any country. Any mm-hmm. country area when it's when it's crisp outside. Like that's just like I love firewood weather. I love fire barrel at the sugar shack weather, bitch. <laughs> I love to just be outside when it's colder because no bugs. Number one, okay. But number two, you 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 can actually control being cold a lot more than you are fucking hot in controlling that stuff. So I I love to go home. I love my balcony during that time, and in my fucking fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm going on a hayride in the country in a pickup truck with some man. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's what I love about fall. So I don't have any real destination spots. Uh-huh. But like my hometown of Warren, Arkansas. My, Shout out to the Arkansans. Okay. My balcony, which doesn't have the view that it used to have because all the hot niggas on the other side. Sorry, the N words. But um I just I just love being outside when it's when it's crisp and it's fall because nothing's bothering me. Yeah, you know, we had a really cool time. The, we did, but it wasn't fall yeah. though. What? I guess can't what, remember. Eddie, <laughs> guess what? Eddie, I didn't mean to cut you what? off. What? But we just celebrated, per my Facebook memories, the Janet Jackson at Chastain fucking. Ah! <laughs> Omg! I was gagging, even though it was kind of like wet, but. <laughs> So for anybody listening about, what, six years ago, no, no, not six, child, like four four years ago, Eddie came to visit. He stayed in my place. We were going to go to the Janet Jackson concert. She's had it at Chastain Park. Janet Jackson went to Chastain. Okay. Chastain is the, the cultural center in my hometown. It's not big, <laughs> and, it's, and at least that's indoors because it rained. Yes. And the show stopped early. But Eddie was here, and we party, had a good time. Yes. He wasted some milkshake in my back. <laughs> still there. 
Don't even ask me how that happened because you I just remember it. seeing the stain and looking like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, we were at, that steak and shake was was all we needed though. But okay, that that's what took me out because I feel like I swallowed that food in like three bites. Listen, <laughs> what, what's your favorite thing to do during the fall? Like, what's what's your hot your hot areas or your hot activities and what you like to do? So fall for me is more about the fashion. Ooh, yes. So I love me a cute turtleneck with yeah. a blazer or something on top, outerwear or shirt or whatever, with um cute shorts and some cute little Chelsea boots. Or now I'm wearing like cute thigh highs or riding boots. So I'm very into the fall fashion. Pea coats, cardigans. Still wear my kimonos. Oh. I am excited. And also this fall, I'm more excited about my merchandise coming out. So oh, oh, come on. We'll I am actually gonna have some merchandise. I'm gonna be selling the plop plop the folding fan or hand fans. Mm-hmm. Folding fans that plop. Not the little, you know, Chinese ones that they sell. I'm actually selling the full big ass fans that I always love. So it's going to have an illustration of Kelly Cassidyne on it. So this fall, Kelly Cassidyne is going to make a bigger movement. So you'll see more drag shows. You'll see okay. more tipping around the clubs. Yes. And building the persona of who Kelly Cassidyne is because people really loved it. And they really supported the pageant. Yeah. And so even though there was some scam shit that went on, I do feel like people will still support and I want folks to know that I'm serious about drag and not just out here playing in makeup. Like, I am very serious about my drag career, okay? Well, I, I love it. And I, I love, remember, you recall I was texting you like crazy, like, bitch, where are the videos at? Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm really going to kill somebody right now. But yeah, I did have um, a really good, I called them Kale's Bells. So I don't know if I'm going to have that incorporated into some things. Probably some shirts, buttons, and I want to have brooches as well. So all the things that I love, I want Kelly's face on it. I have a question. Where do, mm-hmm. you, get, where do you buy your kimonos? Because, I listen, I would love to walk around this fucking apartment in a kimono, like, you know, just, just up in here. You okay. Um, the longer ones I get them on, it depends. I may find them on ASOS. I also um, gotten really lucky on Amazon. So the long leopard cheetah, these, <laughs> yeah, the long leopard print is the Miss, from, the Miss Pearly. Okay, that's me. <laughs> I am always gonna give a cheetah, always give a leopard. Shout out to Gareth, love you, boo. Um, I am always gonna give a leopard a cheetah moment. You're just gonna get it. Shout out to Nanny Fine <laughs> and Tammy <laughs> Faye Baker. <laughs> yes, <laughs> those I- are my leopard. <laughs> Goddesses. Uh, icons. Mm. So, Brian, we're nearing the end of the show. I want to give you the time to uh, make your final statement. Give us a final topic that may have popped in your head or whatever it is. Give it to us. I would just say this. If you are entertaining a straight man, be careful. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spit my water out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. You have, I mean, like, you have to really be careful because straight men by blood, by, by, by blood, not relation, are problematic. And they are always going to have some bullshit at your doorstep. So just be safe, be fun, and be smarter than they are. Yes, words to live by. And <laughs> I certainly agree because you do have to be careful because when you think about it, they feel like they may have more control. And so what I have come into contact with is being someone who presents more feminine on the outside. They can't, or some of them do. Some of them really relate to the nigga on the inside. <laughs> so. I think I confuse them a lot because it's like, oh, this kind of like my homeboy, but then I'm attracted to him. And I'm like, well, no, stick to the homeboy because you may not be attractive to me. Not all queer people are attracted to straight folks. And the ones that I am attracted to, baby, you got to take your time with me because I'm a whole experience. I'm going to tell you this before we wrap up. Drinking with straight men is the best thing ever. Please say it again. Baby, because straight straight men love to drink. 
and it's a good time. It's a real good time. And so have a good time, but be safe about it and own your shit yeah. as, well as, as well as them. Please. And what I also will say is this was a great time. I really enjoyed this episode. Listen, I always have fun when I chat with you, Eddie, and I really, 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 really can't wait to see what com- what comes next. Yes. Amazing. I'm so happy to be a part of your next of your your new season. A new season. Your new season. It's it's a new it's a gospel song in there somewhere, child. About a new season. But um I let me <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to call the spirit because <laughs> I don't know it. We always have a good time. I I love you always having me around. I appreciate that. It's it's always good chatting with you. Of course, you know I love, 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 love you. And I am excited <laughs> for the rest of the season. So if you are listening, don't forget, if you want to be a guest on The Southern Gent, you can email me at igobyeddie at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on any social media platform at Eddie Wiley or Eddie Weddy or it's a lot. The Eddie W, Eddie W Live, whatever it is I'm on, find me. But of course, follow me on TikTok and YouTube. Those are my favorite two platforms. And yeah. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Ciao. Well, first, let me start off by apologizing to those of you who listen early in the morning. Um, You're tuning in for another episode of The Southern Gent, but I am quite late in the day with posting this episode. Uh, However, this episode is going to be one that is quite interesting. I'm joined by none other than V. Marie, and we've been friends for quite a long time, going on 11 years, I believe. Yeah, about 11 years. So if you ever wanted to know how I almost became a first gentleman and you'll get to see how or hear (laughs) how me and V. Marie actually met and how we became such close friends. She's my boo, B-E-W. So, yes, please, please, please enjoy this episode. And thank y'all for listening. Really, thank y'all. Mwah.